T-Health Show, medical lifestyle show. Good morning, I'm Dr. Mark and this is the T-Health Show. Um, in studio, as always, our producer Simpiwe and my lovely cohort crew, teammates, friends, um, Sister Elise, um, Stacey Holland and Yo. Yvonne van Beek. Hi guys. Hello everyone. Okay, so you know what, it's... Um, the last show that we had for the year and in our little promo we said we're going to touch base um, today on the shows that gave us joy, um, that taught us something and um, that made us laugh. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm specifically thinking of people being choked. No. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, we'll still d- deliver in that one. And, you know, what? we also looked at some of the shows that um, was listed listened to most often and was downloaded um, the most. And you know what? Lo and behold, um, sex sells. So let's talk sex because it's been... Um, it's always been, you know what, when we talk about sex and in particular when Sister Elise talks sex, that you know, what people... <laughs> what is that? I think it's the experience. Oh, I get that. I totally get that. So um guys uh yes let's let's talk uh, sex the first thing i think that we saw was the language of sex people don't know how to communicate sex and there you refer to the erotic blueprints ah oh, I like yes yeah. i used that the yeah. other day oh did you yes <laughs> tell us and more what do you mean go? you actually implemented it the other day because i'm a bit confused by that language um <laughs> maybe tell tell stace what the blueprint is ah okay so um over to the expert, <laughs> Elise. Love doing that. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> Acting innocent. And, and passing it over. And passing eh? the buck, yeah. Okay, Stace, for your information. Thank you. You have your energy erotic blueprint, okay. which um, you can feel the vibe around this person. Okay. It's like, we, we used to call it the, the chemistry between mm-hmm. two people. Okay. Then you have your sensual um, blueprint, erotic blueprint, and that is touchy, smell, okay. taste, etc. Then you have your sexual blueprint, which is the act. Okay. okay? And does that involve penetration or not? Yes. Okay. Yeah. But uh, Elise, sorry. And then, <laughs> and then you have your kinky erotic blueprint. Um, everybody's <laughs> eyes is going like this, but. Calm down, guys. <laughs> this can be soft kinky as well. Okay. Kinky meaning using fur mm. um, handcuffs. How about um, some chocolate body paint? Yes. Chocolate body paint. Um, the <laughs> feeling <laughs> of being bonded. Yes. Bondage. Okay. wrap. Cling wrap. Where? Just, just not on the face. Just You're not, not, on the face. You're not cooking, going. Stefan. Mark. <laughs> You bondage with cling wrap. It's fabulous. Oh, I thought yes, the whole body, and, you, and then what do you do then? You lie in the sun and you become thin. <laughs> yes, that is very sexy. <laughs> so, you know, you know Wait, move on. We have, we, we, we have kinky. Then next, okay. next, okay. just a, next just a word of advice, though, with with regards to the the cling wrap. 
Maybe when you use the whipped cream, you know, the whizzy whipped cream? Yeah. The chocolate one, not as pretty. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, no. No, I'm taking notes. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The do's and don'ts. Yeah. It's like I, human I think it's around the mouth. Yeah. It won't work. <laughs> Okay, so we're on to kinky. Okay, your last one is your shape shifter. Now, the shape shifter is the one that goes. No, no, I was like, that's the all rounder. I remember this. That's right. (laughs) Adapts to all the other erotic blueprints. So, So, what we said then is understand your own erotic blueprint. And then. I'm trying to figure out right now what mine is. I think sensual is one. Mm hmm. You know what, Soft kinky, definitely. If, if you don't know your own, you can't know your partners that or makes see sense. It's what, like, like the yeah, the love language. When, when we when we decided on the topic, mm. uh, you know, the uh, the language of sex um, and communicating sex. What yeah. we what we very quickly realized was that um, through our upbringings. Historically, there's always been the people that, or most people, Elise, are repressed when it comes to Mm. sex. You know, Mm. like they're shy, they are uh, reserved, and therefore, you know what, especially women um, feel that acting on what they like and want out of sex mm. is sinful, shameful, uh, something that needs to be done in the dark. Yeah. And Therefore not explored. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, what? the message that I wanted to get across, and I think, uh, Yvonne, you were in that show with us. Yeah. What we wanted to get across as a, as a team was, you know what, learn Learn to love yourself. Learn to accept mm. uh, what you like. For me, it was actually going as far as demand um, pleasure when it comes to this for yourself. I think so many women... And um, learn more about you and what you like. You. Yeah. And, and Elise always, Elise always says this. Mm. If you can't love yourself... Mm. How can you love someone else? And you know what? It's um, if you don't know how to pleasure yourself, yeah. how can you how can you expect your partner to pleasure you? Yeah. Um, but also step over that stigma of it's dirty or it's it's not right. You I know, think for step a long over time, it. Porn has educated an entire cohort of people, and there's a lot of unlearning. That needs to be done Exactly In a safe environment but In a safe That's the key Because yeah. you need to be able To speak freely About things I mean I know You know Sister Elise and I Have spoken about it I My sexual background Was very much shaped By religion Yes And I I'm think a bit most of a rebel of So I I was constantly Pushing back Trying to get the good points Because I don't think everything is wrong But also trying to learn and explore Within boundaries that were Oppressed upon us Oppressed upon us versus Mm -hmm. Boundaries that we thought we want To instigate that were or initiate That were healthy does that make sense And And it's a difficult balance to find Where you don't feel you're disrespecting Your heritage or your Culture or your your Religion 
but you're still allowing yourself to be a human being. Yeah. To explore yourself, to know what to you feel. like, yes. to, to feel, and to allow yourself to actually have a bit of pleasure. Because I think we mm. often feel guilty yes. for any kind of pleasure. pleasure. So true. You know what? Um, I've learned so much um, about sex, female sexuality, and my own sexuality through our discussions. Mm. One, one of the things for me that was new is that um, an orgasm, a woman's orgasm, is a learned experience. Simpiwi, do you remember that? Yes. That show? Where, I um, made sure to share it with all my guy friends because we, we sister taught us, you know, but that you need to learn how to achieve an orgasm and you know what it was a women's journey to orgasm it was that show that yeah. we spoke about and and i think this ties in with the one podcast that you did senses and the senses of learning yeah i mean that ties so much together this two podcasts uh, and i'm glad you did that earlier mm-hmm. because then i could bring in the learned experience of um, reaching an orgasm um it's not like I touch your clitoris and you have an orgasm. Mm. It's it takes time for that pathways to develop. I'm mm. I'm I'm going to share st- statistics because I got that word right for the first time. <laughs> um, you know what? Uh, st- oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> You jinxed it. You jinxed stats. It. Let's go with stats. You did jinx it yourself. <laughs> so I'm going to share some stats. Okay. Um, the first time a woman sleeps with a new partner, her likelihood of having an orgasm is only 33%. Oh, wow. Okay. Can that I tell you why? That doesn't make for a second date, though. Sorry, dude or girl. You've got to like, <laughs> no, you know, you got to be, get Hold your on. game on. Before. At least before you share that, um, when you've been with this partner six times, your likelihood of achieving an orgasm is over 50%. So it increases when you repeat the act. Why? You have to give them another chance. You have to. Well, not if they're small or not uh, just (laughs) bad. Size does not count clearly. Size does count clearly. Tell us why. Why? Because we are not talking about what pleasures us on a first date. Ah. Maybe Hi, also I'm Stacey, and I'd like to tell you about what you're just And, and that's sexual, soft, kinky. It's <laughs> like I'm taking you home immediately. I think we started the sexual talks with our first podcast, which was this new sexual revolution. Yeah. We started step We did that early in the year. Step. And with this line or series of podcasts that we did, we actually informed people or empowered them to learn what works for them and communicate what works for them. And that is why that stats is relevant. Mm. And why we need to inform people that, I mean, yes, the first night is never or the first encounter is never pleasurable except if you demand like you say, Dr. Mo. In which case, you probably won't get a second date anyway because yeah, you're demanding it. Demanding, demanding, you know. He's so, you know what? I, I, I'm, yeah. I, I, I like speaking about my own experiences. You know what? Why? Not, because not too it, deep. Okay. <laughs> we well, like to hear about your experiences. It, uh, Elise, uh, as, uh, you know what? The definition of indecent <laughs> is Elise. No. <laughs> 
And Simpiri, do you want do you want to um, guess what the definition of indecent is? <laughs> After what I've learned, you know, I had to make sure that even Elisa's here today. I was like, "Yo, where's she at?" You know, I've learned a lot, and I think being the youngest one here, it's like, "Ooh, okay." Yes. So we, this, this we, are game teaching, we are teaching a new generation. Okay, I want to hear this definition with. of indecent. <laughs> if it's if it's in deep, long, and hard, it's indecent. <laughs> <laughs> and how do you introduce him to you? <laughs> I love that. I love that. Okay. But you know what? Let's, let's. <laughs> okay. So, Elise from, uh, from, you know what? Our talks about the sexual blueprint. Let's, let's go. Erotic. Uh, uh, yes. so can, I, can I ask oh, a question so here? Mm. I need I need to figure out if if I've been listening to this show for the last year and we've had amazing topics. What is step one into figuring out all of this? What what is step one for our listener on going on this journey? So how do I figure this out? What is my first point of action? Close the bathroom door and actually. Just to know look you. at yourself. Mm. You know okay, what? But I, also, let's look at ourselves not with criticism, but with senses. Yeah, yes, you yes. know it. Feel. Um, I, I, uh, Elise and I both are adamant that our patients, for instance, when it comes to breast examination and testicular examination, know what it's what it feels like. It's I, amazing I, how many. People don't know. They wait for a doctor to do the examinations of their breasts, for instance. Or, you know what? Um, the, I, I see a lot of guys. Okay. And when I ask them, have you ever had a testicular examination? No. Okay. But here's a fun point. If you're in a heterosexual relationship or, or even in a homosexual relationship, if you're in a relationship, isn't doing these examinations on each other Part of erotica. So Absolutely. I can tell you this: that erotica. most breast nodules or lumps hmm. are identified by partners, by partners mm. exactly. not by not by the patient themselves. Mm. So Why? let him feel Thanks. your boobs, uh, feel his <laughs> testicles. I know that for <laughs> most women they're just in the way, but you know what? Uh, take <laughs> them off your strange. eyes, ladies. So um, don't you know what? Do, don't teabag that. <laughs> With another one. <laughs> so, oh, God. Um, so but, you, be, you looked as if you know what I'm talking about. She knows 100% what you're talking about. It gets worse as they get older because the scrotum hangs lower. <laughs> but apparently, um, that, they do flat at, at my age, squatting is just a little bit difficult. <laughs> You know what, Art Stefan, we are designing a range of sex furniture for geriatrics, Elise. We'll keep it in mind. But you know what, let's, let's become a little bit more serious because in these talks, one of the things yeah. that, um, for me was a frightening statistic was when we started talking about sexual dysfunction, both men and women. Mm. And the leading cause of sexual dysfunction 
is sexual dysfunction in the other partner. Mm-hmm. Either erectile dysfunction, dysperinia or pain in women, Ooh, yeah. um, a low libido, a low yes, sex right. drive, um, yes. m- certain yes. medications. So, mm-hmm. you know what? Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, let's quickly go there. You know what? Um, at least we are starting to see so many more couples. Now, uh, Stace, you and Yvonne, who's integral to our practice, you are seeing the couples through mm-hmm. because we are referring them on to you guys. Yeah. Um, and it is this, you know what, the moment that a couple communicate about, okay, I'm battling physically or emotionally with either being intimate, a lack of intimacy, uh, a lack of, of sexual functioning. Yeah. yeah you know thoughts what? and fantasies. It's yeah. gone. Yeah. The libido. Yeah. Um, you, you have, um, 90% of a solution. Maybe just actually remind people of the difference between libido and sexual drive. So libido in medical terms is sexual thoughts and fantasies. How often and how vividly I'm thinking about sex or fantasizing. Mm. Where your sex drive is the frequency with which you either want to initiate or engage in sexual activity. Now, you need to understand that it doesn't need to be with your partner. Uh, If you have a low sex drive, it could be, uh, you know, I don't feel like masturbating. Mm. Um, Never mind engaging in sexual activity with someone else. So the two distinctions really are the thoughts and then the actions. The physical response. Right. Yeah. So, so you can have the thoughts often, but if it's not translated into an action, mm. it's, it's a completely different. Because yeah. I think this is, a, this is something that came up a few years ago when I was doing real health is that, you know, women would write in and say, it's not that I don't think about sex. It's not that I don't want it, but somehow when it comes to initiating it with my partner, I feel numb. I feel like there's a bridge that's not being crossed so, between the two. Um, going back to real health, Elise and I were sitting on the couch um, doing, uh, at least I think it was the first time that you were on the show with me. And she said, and we, she, you know what, we coined the phrase, I love my husband, but I can't stand him. Mm. Uh, you know what, and that, that's when there is this sexual disconnect. Which has nothing to do with sex, probably, right? Nothing, nothing to do with yeah. sex. So this is, this is the, probably the most dominant thing that I work on with the patients that you refer to me, mm. is, is their resentment towards their partner for multitude of different things over a period of time. And how do we get past that, that resentment? I, I love him. It's not that I don't love him, but I am so angry about so many things that I haven't told him I'm angry about, or he isn't fixing, or she isn't fixing. And now we're at the point where don't touch me because now I Mm. I don't even know which one I'm angry with you about. And that's usually like 10 years in plus, right? Absolutely. So it's very interesting, and we go back to that statistic. I I like statistics with a stick in Because you're trying to perfect the word, too. (laughs) I got it right again. Okay, don't so, say it again. Not this. <laughs> so it's very interesting that when we look at the, when Stats. we look at the numbers of people that have <laughs> sexual dysfunction, yeah. the number of patients who are single with sexual dysfunction 
is two thirds lower than those who are in relationships. Yeah, I, I could understand that. And is that purely just because of communication? It comes down to not dealing with the little issues when they are little and letting them build up over time. You know, is it age related or? I think you have more time when you are, when you're older. You've got more resentment to build up. Well, Elise, I'm, I, I actually mm. think, Yvonne, it's not only a resentment. It is age related. It you is know, age as related. we, oh, as we grow older, oh, yeah, you know, definitely. as we grow older, the first thing that starts happening is in women, testosterone starts declining. Correct. And so does it do in mm. men. So let's, let's quickly focus on the men and then I'm going to ask Elise to explain what happens to women. Um, with men, over time, the sponge tissue of your penis starts degrading. So literally, and I, you know, I use this analogy all the time. Think of that yellow little sponge that you wash dishes with. If it's new, mm. you can put it in the water and it sucks up a lot of water. And when you take it out of the water, you can squeeze it out. It's dry and you know, it mm. returns to its original shape. Mm. If I have a used old sponge, you know what? It not only looks like a used old sponge, but Where if I it? put it in water, and I take it out and I try and wring it out. There's very little water that comes out. Okay. Where is the sponge tissue? It's the whole penis. The penis is made of two shafts well of sponge clitoris. tissue. Mm. The clitoris is the same thing. So things like smoking, medication. <laughs> 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 um, Lisa is shaking her head For those of was, you that can't see what she we're She was low-key <laughs> judging so, she, um, she was just like hmm. She's in disagreement <laughs> on the smoking issue So um, Certain medications Your antihypertensives mm. Your um, Your SSRIs Your anxiolytics All of them Have an effect On decreasing blood flow to that sponge dish. So and this is where the gut comes in as well, because if you're in an inflammatory gut, if you have an inflammatory gut state, it is affecting mood mm. and is it's affecting systemic inflammation. Mm -hmm. So people are not connecting their IBS, their um, IBD, their Crohn's with their sexual function. Absolutely, and yet the two are, or the neurological, or the neurological function. Or the neurological function yeah. So, what, which then goes back into a vicious circle as well. What happens for men is when they start noticing that it's more difficult to keep an erection, or when the erections start failing. What what it does to us as men is. Uh, it embarrasses us. Mm. Embarrassment, Yvonne, you can, you can jump in here. Embarrassment leads to avoidance. Mm. It's fight or flight. And avoidance leads well. to anxiety. So I, I'm rather going to avoid a sexual situation because it makes me anxious. The brain will then start forming pathways to stop you getting into this. And Elise mentioned it way back when, um, you know, at now I'm starting to work late. Yeah. I have a headache, yeah. uh, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Now, what happens when, when you with your partner, when you start avoiding this, usually in women, they start feeling but 
you know what? I'm not good enough. Mm. I'm not uh, attractive enough. Is he finding it somewhere else? Yeah. Yeah. But the, the, the first thing is, somewhere else is and what they actually all say. guys mm-hmm. who's ever had erectile dysfunction who are in a relationship get this from their partners. But you are, you, you don't find me attractive anymore or who else are you fucking? So, is it a problem that we don't ask questions? And I, I made that as a joke because more often than not as women, that's what we tend to do, right? We decide that something's been done already. He's getting it somewhere else versus mm-hmm. trying to engage in that conversation and knowing that it's, it's scary to try and communicate that way. You know, even adults that are very adept at communication struggle with something mm-hmm. like this. Is that also part of the problem as a couple? In that she's creating certain pathways and way of thinking. And I think the solution is less around what, where is he going and more around how do we get mm. past this as a couple. So how would you, how would you even tackle that as your step one question? If you, if you believe that, that he's wondering, your first question should not be to beat yourself up. So as a partner, yeah. don't start going down that road because I'm not good enough, because I'm not good enough in bed, because I've gained a bit of weight, because mm-hmm. I'm busy with the children, whatever the case is. Um, stop beating yourself up and have that conversation. But the best way to talk to men is through sex. I'm sorry, but it is. You know, so pillow talk. Explain. <laughs> so if, if no, it's not like, pillow talk. It's exactly the opposite. Because sex, the actual we, act. Right? If, you, if you are connecting physically with someone, okay. you're in a safe space. This is your, your partner. If you're in a safe space and you are connecting physically with a person, specifically men, they are sensual beings. They talk through touch, through through taking information in. They feel loved mostly. Their love language is touch, mostly. So use that. Okay, but Yvonne. Um, <laughs> I, have, I have so many questions. So, <laughs> you know what? Um, I disagree. I, I, I want to. The erotic blueprint is sexual. Yes. They want to. Touch. It's. The actual act Yes okay. but And I'm saying give, give the latitude To as a woman We use our feelings As a reason not to Yes But yes. if you take that away And you give that Experience of bonding Physically It's it's his love language They're sexual I'm, I'm, I want to ask Simpiwe a question It's a simple Yes or no answer Simpiwe um, Have you ever Punished your partner By withholding sex Yes Okay, so mm. why do women do that? <laughs> um, Yvonne, and I, I, that's why I say I disagree. I have an I, I, I'm with Elise, where I disagree I'm with you. Sit back because, and let you guys answer this. Because um, you know what? You withhold sex. Yeah, because uh, we have, the, have headaches and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? So, um, if women, women, generally speaking, and I'm massively generalizing here now, but, but we have quite a vast audience. Women generally need to have an emotional connection Elisa's to get into bed. Yes. Okay. So, so and when, unfortunately, when I, so do I. And when I am unhappy. We understand. I am a big girl. <laughs> when I'm unhappy, 
you don't have my emotional connection. It's not that we're withholding for punishment. Mm. We're withholding because you have not bridged the gap to make me feel safe and and comfortable and And sexual with you. And to become vulnerable. Yes. Mm. So it's not withholding as a... Sometimes it is. I've seen some women really manipulate that. But really it comes down to if you want us... You gotta connect emotionally. If you want a man, you gotta connect physically. Yeah. So I'm going back to our conversation that we had about the female orgasm. Um, and it was very interesting that there are very few species that achieve an orgasm. Uh, mm. can you remember which ones? Bonobo. Bonobos. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Dolphins. Humans. We are the few. Oh There's one more, hyenas. Um, That's why they laugh so much. <laughs> <laughs> they all listen in a good mood. Um, oh, so it's in both societies, for, especially in bonobos. Bonobos are a very close relative or cousin of chimpanzees. Mm. The only thing that made them evolve into a different species for Congo River because they can't swim. And Can I just in, point out that all of these species are in Africa? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, well, that's where most of us came from. But it's very interesting that when we look at bonobos, it's a matriarchal society. It's ruled mm-hmm. by females through sex. So they resolve conflict <laughs> through having sex, not withholding sex. You, uh, Hmm? Have we yep. have we established that women also rule this society through sex? <laughs> through sex, that's true. Yeah, but okay. uh, unlike bonobos, instead of giving sex, you guys withhold it. <laughs> you know, it learn from the gays. So, but I mean, that's an important <laughs> question. <laughs> we learn a lot from the gays. We're always learning from the gays. <laughs> that's an important question, though. That leads us to an important question because if you are meant to speak to. In a heterosexual relationship If you're meant to speak to your man And in a homosexual relationship via sex But you are more emotional And you are struggling to have sex There's Someone needs to create white flag up. Yeah, someone needs to do it Absolutely. So what, what we find Is that We are in the tea clinic And Elise um, Disagree or agree with me Are seeing So Many couples coming in, um, guys with sexual dysfunction, and you know what? Their partners are coming in with them, and you know what? What I, what I then do is I have a discussion with my patient, and most of the time their partners are there, and the discussion is very frank, and I explain to them, guys, from a physical perspective, this is what's happening with yeah. the guys. If we look at his hormones, it explains why. If yeah. we look at his comorbidities, it explains why he's having this problem. So it's not you. We had one patient, Elise, where the husband and the wife came in, and the wife Blasted us um, For not fixing her husband um, Be it as it may You know what um, They are no longer together And suddenly he's in a very Happy sexual relationship um, Why? Because You know what? It's not just one party's Fault mm. Yeah. There's the sexual disconnect between these people Which can only be solved when You actually Acknowledge that there's a problem Communicate 
that problem to your partner mm. and is willing to find a solution. I would I would add to that, um, and I think I want to say um, I'm very glad we started the, these conversations because initially it was one side of the of the um, mm. couple that came in and said yeah. I have a problem, and when they see the treatment works for them, they say okay I'm bringing my partner. I think there's some help mm. needed, so it's a good thing we started the. Revolution. People mm. are talking to one another, mm. and they come in as. Couples. And my, I mean, my personal journey with the T Clinic was after hysterectomy and after COVID medication and many other things. I felt like I just wasn't right, and I wasn't getting the help I needed. Mm. You know, I, I've my tests came back normal. My testosterone was in the normal range, and I didn't feel normal. And I came into the tea clinic and it made such a difference having that treatment that I wanted to share it with my partner. Mm. I wanted him to feel better too. Yes. Because we could, we could relate a lot of my symptoms to him as well. And it was very much physical. I mean, zero testosterone. Mark, if I remember correctly, he, he was in trouble. Yeah, yeah. He had, he had, um, Adrenal fatigue and the adrenal fatigue came from post-traumatic stress. Mm. Um, so on that, you know, it's another statistic. When when we went on Real Health uh, in season thirteen, but I also shared it here that um, hormone optimization therapy and and uh, Yvonne, that's exactly what we do at the clinic. Is not hormone replacement; it's optimization of mm. hormone systems. What's in the what? normal range? Is not what's best for my body. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Ladies, listen to this because I mm. can't tell you how many times a friend has been to an endocrinologist and they say you're in the normal range. Mm. She goes home and she just feels helpless. Mm. And you what know what? Normal? Actually, um, when and here I'm defending my colleagues and Elise and I had a patient yesterday with this where you know she had all the symptoms of. Um, Perimenopause, um, low, low libido, low sex drive, decreased lubrication, mood that's flat or depressed, uh, irritability, mood swings, uh, anxiety, can't concentrate, brain fog, memory loss, loss of motivation, weight changes and, mm. you know, what weight changes or body changes. It's not always weight changes. Mm. It's body changes. And, um, you know, she she brought us the results from her her gynae, and then she went from the gynae to the endocrinologist, and her results were okay. But when we look at the balance between the different systems, mm-hmm. they that was where the problem started mm-hmm. going out. Mm-hmm. So you know, it, it's you are not mad. Yeah, it just takes a specialist eye and a specialist ear. And time mm-hmm. that need to be spent with you to to hear what it is that you are battling with, to understand what you are battling with. And here I'm so internally grateful that I have Elise that's been through this process mm-hmm. herself yeah. um, and understands what it is. Yeah. Um, and you know what? When we when we balance through gut, 
supplementation, IV nutrients, mm. uh, hormone optimization, mm. uh, you know, just acknowledgement, neuroplasticity, just mm. thinking and doing things a little and, bit and differently. And a bit of coaching. You know, we, we also we go down this rabbit hole mm. of panic. And sometimes you just need someone to grab you by the tail and help you back out again. And sometimes you know, but you don't have the ability to tap into your own resources mm. to coach yourself out of it. You just, I mean, as a personal trainer, I have a personal trainer because right. there's times where I know what to do. I can create a workout for myself. But when I go into the gym, in order to get the best out of that session, I need someone else to take over the Absolutely. reins. And I think that says something about... A partnership as well mm. That sometimes you are an expert In what you do And yet you and your husband still needed Some help. assistance and help mm. Because you can't always fix your own problem You need someone else to come and in and also, shed some light It's on also that. a system you know, yeah. what, what each of us in the room do yeah. Feeds into that body as a whole system yes. yeah. it's, not, it's not isolated I think um, it's important maybe If someone is, is listening for the first time To touch on why you say it's not Hormone replacement therapy and hormone optimization therapy. So, you know what, for, I use the analogy of a racing car team. You know what, everyone now knows about Formula, Formula One. One. I have no idea what a, I, if, if there's anything wrong with my car, I call BMW. I can change the wheel. <laughs> um, BMW does that because I don't have, a spare tire. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know what? It's that racing car team. We plug the car, your body, into the computer and it spits out what's wrong with the car. Okay? And those are the blood results that we look at. And now we can manipulate those and fix those. And as the car now stand there, it's supposed to be the best driving experience. And then you come as the driver and we put you in that car. And firstly, you see, but you know what? This car doesn't fit me. I have to move my seat. I have to lift the steering wheel. I have to adjust the mirrors. And then, you know what? Once that car is comfortable and you feel, okay, fine, I'm comfortable in this car. Now you start driving this car and you realize I I don't have enough acceleration. I can't brake sharp enough. Mm. Um, It doesn't corner or there's a slight vibration somewhere, which we can't pick up on your blood tests. Yeah. Okay. If you, and this is what we do at the T clinic, this is why we see our patients initially once a week or where we have contact with our international and national patients once a week mm. is they, we need that feedback about how they're experiencing the car. And the change. But even at Lisa's checklist where you score your libido and your. Yes. I, our survey forms. I was so out of touch with the difference that I felt week to week. But when I filled in that form, it became so obvious to me what Mm. was changing. Mm. Absolutely. So, um, and now, you know what, we balance that. So you go onto the Kailami track and my God, you get the best lap time and it's just awesome. And, you know, a quick sidestep, um, that awesomeness is a reward. It makes you feel good. Mm. So dopamine is released. Yes, please. And then, you know, when dopamine is released, it becomes a reward, um, repetitive behavior. Mm. I want it again. So what, what happens is if we continuously manage to keep this balance, 
you continuously get the best lap times and suddenly it starts raining hmm. and everything changes. You know what? Now, as you're driving this car, you're skidding. You can't brake sharp enough. You don't need all that acceleration because you will skid off the track. Mm. And that's what we do at the T-Clinic. It's this constant mm. adjustment. Mm. And Elise, I, I think you agree with me. You've worked in the Eurogyne uh, medical field for 40 years. Um, a lot of the time, and you girls have been to your gynees or GPs or endos. Um, it's a prescription. Here you go. Feel better. See you in six months' time for your next prescription. It doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. So you're saying for hormone replacement therapy, is it a zeroing in on one of those metrics that's making your car not feel so, right as opposed to looking at everything in synergistically. No. It's if you if I take that car and I just give you more power. Mm. You cannot break, mm. which means you're going to go off that track. Yeah. A lot of the times there's a little bit of a, a a gravel thing that you go in and it stops the car. But sometimes, you know what, you're going so fast and you can't break that you go into a wall. And we often see that our patients have been into a you wall. You lose adaptability. So yeah. what 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 it is, Stacey, you cannot just change one parameter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you need to balance. Hormone replacement therapy has a very simple principle. Mm. If I add something, it's going to have an effect on something else. Mm. If I can't balance that effect, you know what? You throw out the balance in everything else, yeah. not just in that system, yeah. in everything else. And that's else. why we do optimization. Yes. And that's, yeah, thank you, Elise. Yes. But also, life doesn't happen six months at a time. Life happens daily. daily. Yeah. So we've got to check at weekly sometimes, you know, depending on how, how well you've got that optimization going. Because stress happens, yeah. crisis happens, yeah. life happens. Well, your body is never, ever the same every day. Even that's one of the flaws of blood work is that it's a snapshot in time. And it's the, a snapshot. The reason Absolutely. why we need all the other feedback of how you're feeling and scoring where you're at is because that paints a much broader picture. We can sometimes look at blood work that's taken at the wrong time and say, yes. Or at the wrong hour or of the, wrong the day. Hour, or, you know, or the wrong day in your cycle. Exactly. And I want to go back to what, what Yvonne is saying yeah. um, with the progress that we do every <coughs> week, the form that the patients complete. I tend to go back because we, we like to see them once a week. I tend to go back to on Monday you had your therapy. Okay. How did it go Tuesday? No, I felt wonderful. Wednesday? No. Still great Thursday great And then suddenly they say But Friday I was I had a bad day Mm. But then Saturday I'm fine So it's parameters that I set Mm. for myself To say okay Do I react to this? Um no, let's let's give him or another week and see. Mm. Maybe it was an incident in that mm. on that day mm. that. But if it's persistent, continuous, mm. then we come in and we yeah, say absolutely, and that's why we use our survey forms. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and that's why many people, I think, coming back to what Yvonne was saying, you're not crazy. I had a similar experience. 
before I even met you, I went to doctor after doctor, endo after endo, and they all told me you're normal. But again, I was not feeling normal. And blood work has this illusion of safety and non-safety. So if you're fasting insulin, the end parameter is supposed to be what? 10.5, 10.6, somewhere like that, where people are like, whoa, you know, there's a problem there. My fasting insulin was 10.1, yet I was being told. I'm normal So you're on the edge of a cliff Ready to jump off But you don't Because you don't feel normal So one of the things That we will be discussing In depth next year Is kidney function Mm. Because uh, What I do Through The Results Apps That we have available uh, We get Not only that Snapshot Of The bloods That we've requested But you know what we get and can get the patient's previous results. Mm. So <clears throat> I always look at where they came from. Yeah. What has happened? So you can't hide anything <coughs> from Dr. Yeah. Mark. You know what? It <laughs> wouldn't be a good you idea. Want so <laughs> I, I, I'm going to tell you guys exactly what I tell my patients when they walk into my office. And that's that I give him a couple of undertakings. Number one, I never bullshit. Mm. You know what? I swear like a trooper and you're going to get it as it is. If it's good news, you know what? We'll drink together. If it's bad news, we'll cry and then drink. <laughs> um, There's always drinking involved. <laughs> the next thing that I tell them is we will always be Available to you Mm -hmm. And our only aim Is to make you better And give you a better quality of life But I demand One thing Honest Upfront Open communication Because Mm -hmm. if you cannot uh, Communicate with me What you are experiencing How the hell am I supposed to know How this car Is suiting your driving ability And Elise is exactly the same But I think a lot of people Also shy away from Mm. uh, You know they're embarrassed Especially Mm. with what we do at the clinic They're embarrassed to bring these facts out People understand There is nothing we have not heard (laughs) Whatever you're bringing to the table The and We've in heard. Elisa's case, done. <laughs> Sometimes I think it's not only embarrassment. It's We're talking about the language of sex. I find, having been a patient for so long, there's a language that patients have never been taught. Yes. Um, and so what, listening to podcasts like this is one of the biggest things that you need to do in order to engage with your doctor, engage with your specialist more meaningfully. You must be able to give the type of feedback. I mean, how many times have you asked a question I I have some very innocuous questions on my gut health form that people often overlook thinking that they don't need to give me that information but it's like I do need that information and as patients they haven't been empowered to say oh okay so by not telling you that I haven't had a bowel movement for seven days that's actually an important thing like of course you know (laughs) it is not normal it might be normal for that patient yes and, and Yvonne, this brings us, us back. Decide yes, what's normal. What's normal Give us not. the information. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Uh, it, it brings back, you know what? As we get older, mm. I, I always use an analogy, and Elise, uh, I think you use the same. We all start out as young little bulls or, uh, you know what, in Afrikaans? A cow. 
Uh, it's a tolly. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if you know what a tolly is. A tolly is a young male calf. Oh, okay. oh. Okay. And it's so as a tolly. My definition no, of a tolly is yeah. very different. So all Afrikaans. Three of us have a tolly that's very different. So all Afrikaans are Afrikaans people that uh, live close or near to a farm will understand what a tolly is. Okay. So it's a young male uh, bull. Okay, that hasn't reached sexual maturity. And then you become the bull. And you know what? If you have a combination of being big, strong, uh, fast, dominant, clever, you become the alpha male. Hmm. And the alpha male, because of those combination of factors, hmm. has access to the biggest territory, most of the food, and the, and, cow. And the females. <laughs> now, it works exactly the same way for women. So, uh, let's think of hyenas. Um, hyenas are led by a female because she's the biggest, strongest, do- most dominant, and the others want to follow her. Why? Because she provides for them. Hmm. Okay. As we get because older, her handbag has the band-aids. That's <laughs> so as we get older, the natural progression is disease, aging, decline in those hormones that made you the alpha male or the alpha female leads to you becoming a beta. Eventually being pushed out of a herd You know what Um, And that's a natural progression That's how we get old And that's when you buy a Ferrari yeah, well, you know what? Midlife crisis. <laughs> <laughs> being pushed That's off exactly what so happens. Yeah. What we what we do we is food. by rebalancing that system, optimizing mm. the hormones, so that you know what we slow down that hormonal aging decline. And it's associated effects like cognitive decline, mm. strength, physical ability, mental acuity. We give you back that position of staying one of the alphas. So it slows the process. Oh, well, it I want me. to say, I, you know what, I often tell my patients, um, I wish the medical aids will cotton on to this. Yes. Because yeah. this is preventative medicine. Well, if you can keep systems in balance, balance yes, it's yeah. like... It's like doing maintenance in your car on a regular yeah. basis. So that everything stays in working order. It's a case of do we? In fact, someone posed this question um, in a, an anti-aging longevity summit that I once attended. Do we age because our hormones decline, or is it because our hormones are declining that we age? It's a mindset thing as well, because many of us do. I think there is a natural. Aging maturity that happens in that I don't need to do the things that I did when I was younger. That's yep. why that age question yep. was so important. But also, sometimes we attach to these societal mindsets that then lead to aging. So, ugh, I don't need to work out as much as I need, you know, I used to because I'm older now. I don't need to do it. And by doing that, we do work out less and by working out less, we may not feel the same way and by not feeling the same way, we maybe don't want the same things. And then it creates a mindset that reinforces 
this way of thinking that, okay, I'm aging, I don't need it anymore. And then you go for testosterone therapy and all of a sudden the mindset shift changes. Yeah, and we see that especially in Massive. women. And Yvonne, and you can you're do dealing more. with this in our yeah. practice quite a lot. But Elise, you see this um, when we optimize um, hormones in, in women. Now, you know, we, we're very fast running out of time. But, you know, I want you to quickly touch on changes of women that women experience, physical changes, for instance, that women experience um, as their hormone starts decreasing. Because mm. for me, this is relevant. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Um, it's what you said just now is that, oh, it's a natural progression mm. of life. Mm. You know, um, you don't exercise anymore. You're not interested to By the way, that progression anymore. doesn't happen to the woman in Danefern. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you saying that? <laughs> they swing. <laughs> There's something else happening. <laughs> yeah. And what's amazing for me is when we start therapy with these women, how they really physically, mentally, Massively. emotionally just evolve again back to their younger selves mm. um, and start uh, being interested, socializing, communicating. Um, exercising, having eating sex. right, having sex, enjoying um, the sex, demanding yeah. sex, um, but also brings yeah. its own set of new parameters they need to explore. Because mm. in discovering this much more experienced person who is now much more capable from from a hormone point of view, so so the the cognitive ability is there and the energy is there. You know what's the most um, challenging part of my job? Is to work with these conservative older ladies and making them think out of the box. Mm. Because part of my treatment. Sorry, Elise, I'm kind of making them think about their box. (laughs) Their box. I love that. The difficult part for me is to to make them understand it's not a sin to touch yourself. But at least this is where I was going is the challenge is you are now in a position with all of this help. To reinvent yourself. Okay, but what I want to say is after three or four times that they visit me, um, then they start opening up. Mm. I mean, um, suddenly remembering, oh, I can actually wax downstairs. You yeah. Know. Uh, I've yeah. got my partner to wax downstairs next week, you know, yeah. starting or talking about the Ouch. toys that they. I always love buy. walking yeah. past um, Elisa's yeah. door when you hear these giggles and you can tell it's someone who's rediscovering. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Laughter. It's amazing. <laughs> so guys, um, the tea clinic is not only about sex. What came out so. Maybe 80%. Yeah. <laughs> What, what came out so beautifully in all our podcasts and our discussions is the role that hormones play on things like yes. weight, um, the role that it plays in pain, hmm. um, the role Absolutely. that it plays in quality of life. Hmm. And you know what? If, if your weight. Relationship wait, building. Yeah. Um, you know what? And then we brought in at the beginning of the year, Stacey Holland, our gut coach. Um, and you know what, Stacey, we learned so much Massively. about how gut affects Massively. the brain, yeah. how gut affects 
in the hormones, how the hormones affect the gut and the brain. Mm. Um, and from our neurospecialist and our neurotherapist, mm. Yvonne von Beck, you know, it, um, how the brain develops, the plasticity of the brain, mm, yeah. things like the prefrontal cortex, where we make decisions on emotions that are formed in our primitive brain. Mm. The yeah, fight, amazing. flight, freeze, mm. um, learning abilities, etc., yeah. etc. Et Simpiwe, um, you joined us about uh, two months ago, a month ago. Um, you know, it, it's always great to have you. Um, guys, my team, my friends, my colleagues, um, my posse, Yvonne, <laughs> Stacey, Elise, you know what? It's, it's, uh, this was one of my, f- you know what? We were uh, to talk about our favorite shows and you know what? This was mine. Yeah. <laughs> so guys, thank you so much to our listeners out there. Um, enjoy the festive season. Stay safe. Yes. Think about your gut. You know what? Yeah. Um, there are beautiful ways. Go and listen to the podcast. Mm. Stace and I did last week. Was it last week? Week before. The week before. On Christmas gut. Public yeah. service announcement. Yeah, um, very important. <laughs> go, and, go and experience. Neuroplasticity for me in erectile dysfunction is huge. Mm. Why? Because, you know, if you teach your penis what to feel cold, hot, smooth, mm. rough. Mm. Make a game of that. You can do it on your own. You can do it with your partner. Yeah. Experience. Yeah. Um, experience sensations. Think about what you're feeling. Mm. Um, last week, I said to Elise, my, my, my best thing to do with my partner, Stefan, is to lie on the bed and discuss each other's fantasies because it increases our visualization. It mm. increases our intimacy. Do that with your partner. It's not all about penetration. Yeah. So, um, we will be back on the 12th of Jan. Um, what we doing back on that date? We haven't decided on yet. On that note, like I'd love to challenge anyone listening to the podcast. We do news resolutions every year. Even though I don't believe in them, but if you're going to put a resolution down, listen to some of the podcasts, book an appointment and make sure that 2022 is the year that you optimize yourself. Your hormones, your mental well-being, your gut health. Like, make this the year next year where you actually do start feeling and experiencing some of the things that we've been mm. talking about. You As know the brain I mean? person, find your first action. There we go. Mm. There's the word. Find and for our action. sexual expert, just enjoy it. Enjoy the ride. Can I quote you on one of your lines that will always stick with yes, quote. If you don't use it, You'll lose it. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, okay. So we'll be back. Be safe. Um, thanks, I just, guys. I just want to add that um, we will be closing down on the 20th of, of December and open on the 10th of January. Yes. But um, go to our website and we will. The website is yeah. com <coughs> and our contact number is 010-824-1393. You will find Stacey. And Yvonne, if you need a, a, a consultation with either one of them, you will find them there. Um, have a great day, everyone. The Tea Health Show, the medical lifestyle show.